Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. The 13th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, uh, Mark records the same teaching in the 4th chapter and Luke records it in the 8th chapter. Matthew 13, the parable of the sower and the seed. Now the Lord has laid this heavy upon my heart because He wants His people to receive from Him. But he also wants his people to grow up spiritually. And unless we understand thoroughly this parable, unless we understand this truth that Jesus gave us when he was here, and I don't care if you've been a Christian for 30 or 40 or 50 years, you're never going to develop the way he wants you to develop. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to grow up. I want to grow up. I want to get to a place of spiritual growth that I can say along with Jesus, our Master, Father, I thank Thee that Thou hearest me always. And I know that Thou hearest me always. Amen? Father, I've finished the work that You've called me to do. I've done it. Yes, I've done it. Now I'm ready to come home. Amen? Don't you want to grow up spiritually? Don't you want to learn how to walk by faith? In this parable, let's, let's go to... We, we started last way back when somewhere we met uh, <laughs> a week ago last Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was. And uh, we went over some things. I'll just reiterate just a few points and bring in some more ideas so that we could have a better understanding. Let's start with verse 10. He gives the parable, then he goes into the explanation of it. Let's just go to verse 10. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given. And he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not. Neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, or Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear." For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. Let's just stop right there for today. Father, in the name of Jesus, the anointing is upon your word. It will go forth under the power of the Spirit of God. It shall be quickened in our hearts that we may walk in the light thereof. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Let's just start out this morning by saying that the subject of this parable is the word of God. The subject of the parable is the Word of God. The object of this parable is to get results through the Word of God. The subject is the Word. We know that the seed is the Word of God. What is the object of any seed that's planted into the ground? It's to bear fruit. The fruit that is ripened is what? The end result of the seed. Isn't that right? So if you planted tomato seeds in your garden and didn't get any tomato plants or any tomatoes, ripened red tomatoes in the fall, then you planted the seeds to no avail. You didn't profit. You didn't get any ripened tomatoes. You pulled out all the weeds. You took care of all the crops. You got nice big... You had the biggest plants in town. I mean, you had the biggest tomato plants in town. I mean, they was, you know, just way up. And you were so proud. You showed everybody that came by. And they said, well, where's the tomatoes at? Oh, I didn't get any of them. I just had the biggest tomato plants that you... And they were the healthiest looking things you ever want to see. But if you didn't get any tomato plants, 
you'd be ridiculed. I mean, those plants would be to no profit. You wouldn't get any, any product. You wouldn't get any final results. That's part of it, to get a beautiful plant. Isn't that right? Beautiful buds on it and so on and so forth. But the end result is to get the ripened tomato. Or whatever plant it is that you planted. Amen. Or seed. So, he's talking about here the seed being the Word of God. Now, notice that first Peter said, you don't have to turn to it. You might want to just write it down in your Bible somewhere over there by that parable. The seed is the Word of God. But notice that Peter said in first Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. So, mark it down this way. The subject is the seed, yes, but the seed is incorruptible. It's incorruptible. It means it cannot decay. It cannot be corrupted. The seed, the Word, is incorruptible. It cannot decay. It cannot be corrupted in any way at all. So, if you were a farmer and you had a handful of seeds... And you knew that every one of them seeds were incorruptible, then every one of them is going to produce fruit for you. But when we speak in natural terms, a farmer will tell you some seeds decay. Isn't that right? Some of them don't produce. Now, I want you to start by understanding this. The incorruptible seed, the Word of God, cannot not that it won't fail. It cannot fail. It is impossible for the Word to fail. The Word cannot fail. Not that it will not. It cannot fail. It is impossible. You've got to get that deep into your spirit. I'll say it like this. It's not that God, you know, will not lie. It's that God cannot lie. There's a difference. It is impossible for God to lie. Why is it impossible? He can't lie. There's not a lie in Him. He's absolute truth. Absolute truth cannot tell a lie. Can you see that? Incorruptible seed cannot fail. It cannot fail. Now the soil, which we're going to go on to see here, maybe not today, I don't know, as we get into it, but the soil is the heart of the person that's hearing the Word or hearing the, the seed is planted. The Word is planted into the heart. Now, he goes on through the parable to show you the differences of soil. Now, the soil, if it has weeds in it, stones in it, and he goes on to name some other things in it, could fail to allow the seed, the Word that's planted, to produce the end result. So let's take it off of God and let's put it on man. My heart has got to be right, the right soil. We quoted Colossians, the third chapter, verse 16 says, Let the Word dwell in you richly. And the best soil is the rich soil. Isn't that right? And if we allow that Word to abide in our hearts richly, in rich soil... And you're going to see later on that that's love. Then the Word cannot fail. Now listen. Love cannot fail. Isn't that right? The Word cannot fail and neither can love. The Scripture says, love faileth not. Now you take the incorruptible seed, put it into a heart of love which is perfect soil, the seed can't fail, the love can't fail, what's forthcoming? The biggest, ripest tomato you ever saw. Amen? That tomato might be the healing in your body. That tomato might be a financial need. That tomato might just be direction in your life. I don't care what it is. It doesn't matter. All seeds work the same way. Amen? Now, Let's go to verse 11. We said that here's the reason that he spoke in parables. And I think it's good that we know this. He spoke in parables 
because it is given unto you to know the mysteries. To know the mysteries. The mystery, we said, was the hid or secret knowledge of the kingdom or the secret knowledge of the operation. I'm going to put it this way to you today. It's the secret knowledge of the operation of the Word of God in the heart of man. So he's saying this, because it is given unto you to know the secret knowledge of the operation of the Word of God in the heart of man. But unto them it's not given to know the secret knowledge of the operation of the Word of God in the heart of man. Well, you say, why would God reveal it to some and why would God hide it from the other? I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> we read in James, the fourth chapter said, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Now, every time you're going to see some words that are opposites of each other, Start to put, put them together and get other words and start to see how this thing works. Humility and pride. I said, Father, how do you resist the proud? I said, do you stand up there with a sword and start beating them away from you? Is that what you do? I said, show me how you resist the proud. I want to know how. If I can understand that, I can understand you a little bit more clearly. And he began to show me. He says, well, how does love and hate work? I said, well, that's simple. You're absolute love. You can't have any hatred in you. Your love is being poured out to all humanity at all times. There's not a sinner in this world that the love of God is not pouring out towards. Isn't that right? It is pouring out in full force towards that sinner, that unregenerate person. Now, that person's dead. And that shining light of the Word of God is going forth towards that person. But because of death, Life can't get into that heart. It can't get in there. So it goes towards that person. It hits him right here and goes around him. He showed me just like this. The rays of the sun is continuously being poured out. You think the, that the sun takes a rest and turns into darkness for a while at night? No. The rays of the sun are continually being poured out. Light is going forth from the sun continually. But if you get into the shade then you stepped into something that's breaking the, the rays of the sun from coming on you. Isn't that right? You walk behind a tree and you've got the shadow of that tree. You get inside the shadow. Now, here's what I'm saying. Humility and pride. A person that's proud cannot have this light of God's love, of God's grace, of the knowledge of God's Word shining unto his heart. God doesn't turn him away. He's still pouring out His love towards that person. But that person has stepped behind a cloud of pride. And that cloud of pride has stopped the love of God from going to His life. It stops God from giving Him grace. God is love. Hatred is the opposite. God, let's put it this way. Where fear is, there is no faith. Where faith is, there is no fear. They are opposite forces. You can't mix them together. Isn't that right? God is a God of faith. Where fear is, faith goes like this and goes right around. It stops right there. It says, I can't get into that house. Why? Fear. It's still coming though. But when you get into faith, then the faith of God goes right on into you. The rays of the sun. When a person gets into pride, he's filled up with pride, then that love of God that's being outpoured towards him stops right at his door. See, there's a resisting barrier there that stops the love of God, the grace of God going into that person's life. So it's not that God has turned his back. He's still pouring out his love. But just as where there is no, where there is faith, there is no fear. Where there is fear, there is no faith. Where there's pride, there is no humility. God's love cannot penetrate that person's heart. It's got to stop right there. There's a barrier right there. Can you see that? So don't say God's the one that's turned his back. It's not God that's done it. It's us. If I'm operating in pride, there's a resistance. There's a barrier. God can't get through to me. I can't get my healing. I can't get my victory. I can't get my deliverance. Take the two opposite forces. Put them together. Where there's pride, there's no humility. God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. 
Now, that's why he said to these Jews, he said, now listen, I'm hiding this operation of the kingdom from them because they think they know it all. I can't get through to their hearts. Their hearts are hardened. They're filled up with pride. God resisteth the pride. He can't get anything into that heart. It's a hardened heart. It's not that God's not trying. It's not that God's not outpouring His blessings. It's that there's a barrier there. And He can't get it in. Now, that was uh, the fourth chapter of James. It says, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. We said grace and peace was multiplied through what? Through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. I am revealing to you, he's saying, the hidden knowledge, the secret knowledge of the operation of God's Word through Jesus Christ. Let's go to 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. I'll show you something here. Explain a little bit better. Satan's job is to hide from us the operation of the Word of God in the heart of man. And we're going to, as we study this parable, we're going to find out exact, the exact ways that Satan comes so that when he does come, you know how to deal with him. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. Satan's job is to hide this operation of the Word of God from your heart. The Holy Spirit's job is to reveal the operation of the knowledge of the Word of God in the heart of man. If you think you know it all, and I've talked to many that think they do, then you're not going to get help and God's grace is not going to be poured upon you. But if you'll be humble, and what do you say by humility? Well, I'll tell you what, if you've been in the ministry for 40 some odd years, and some young whippersnapper comes up that's only been there four and a half years, and tells you a thing or two, if you've got some humility, you get on your knees. And say, dear God, that's right. I've missed it. But when you say, I've been in the ministry 40 some odd years and you've only, been in, you've only been saved for four years. What do you know that I don't know? Well, you just go off and just go ahead and be sick. Go ahead. You know why God's grace is not going to be outpoured to you? That's a wrong spirit. That's a wrong spirit. That's not a teachable spirit. Holy Spirit can't teach a person like that. Can you see that? Pride gets in the way. That's how these people were. That's how the scribes and the Pharisees were. They knew it all. They knew all there was to know. They said, search the Scriptures. I know it all. See? God couldn't get it to them. Jesus, they could not hear the words of Jesus. Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter. This is how Satan does it. And look at verse 4. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel... Of Christ, who is the image of God, should what? Just as the rays of the sun shines, the, the, the sun shines its light upon us, and the rays of that sun, which we could call the grace of God, is being outpoured towards us continually, there could be clouds that darken the rays of that sun or the grace of God, and it stops the effect of God's grace coming into our hearts or into our lives. So Satan hath blinded the minds of them, the minds of them, to stop the light from shining under them. I want you to get this. The light is shining. It's shining. But Satan has put some clouds upon the horizons of our lives. For what purpose? To stop that light from shining, because if it shines into your heart, he's whipped. Let's go on and read the rest. For if we preach not ourselves, but Christ, Jesus the Lord, and our, ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light in our what? In our hearts. To give the what? To give the light of the knowledge. Stop there. What's the reason of the parable? To reveal to us secret knowledge. Hidden knowledge. Knowledge that has not been revealed before Jesus came. To reveal to us the operation 
of the Word of God in the heart of the believer so the light of the gospel could shine unto you in every area and you will begin to produce fruit. And when I say fruit, I don't care what the fruit is. You need a healing in your body, you need financial aid, you need this, you need that, no matter what it is. This is going to show you the sure way of getting it. And listen when I say it. Everyone that's out there, if you have a need, if you understand this principle, your need will be met. Beyond the shadow of a doubt. If you have a need of healing in your body, you will be healed. Beyond the shadow of a doubt. If you will apply this principle in your own life. I think it's time we start to put the Word of God up here. And it's time we start to realize that the gifts of the Spirit are secondary to the Word of God. It is not God's ultimate way to heal His people is through spiritual gifts. Or to deliver His people. God's ultimate way is through the Word of God. Now He says it will shine into your heart. The light of God's Word will shine into your heart. Let's finish the scripture. To give the knowledge of the what? Of the what? Glory of God. Now let's stop there. You remember when Moses was up there on the mountain? And he said, Lord, show me your glory. And the Lord said, I'll show you my goodness. Moses says, I want to see your glory. God says, I'll show you my goodness. I'll come by you. I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. And I'll make my goodness to pass before you. The knowledge of the glory of God is the knowledge of the goodness of God. It's the knowledge of how God is so good, how God is so full of love, how God, just as the sun pours off its light without stopping, God is pouring out His grace in abundance towards anybody that has a humble heart to receive it. If you say, I didn't get healed, God's saying, I am giving my grace to heal you as much as I can. He's saying, it is being poured out towards you as much as I possibly can do it. He's saying, get out of the shade, get into the light. Stop that cloud of darkness. And some of these clouds of darkness, you're going to see through the parable, is weeds of false teaching, doctrines... And stones of things such as, it's not God's will to heal all. God might heal you if He wants to, or, or so on and so forth. That's how people teach it. But that is not the knowledge of the glory of God. It is not the knowledge of the grace of God. It is not the knowledge of the light of God. God is love, absolute love, absolute light. It is continuously being poured out to you in the face of Jesus Christ. What he's saying is this. Now listen. When that seed gets into the heart, it's incorruptible. If the soil that it's in is rich with love, then the light, the light. You know, the sun has a great part to play in the growing of that plant. Then the light that shines into your heart will cause it to grow and to develop until it produces the fruit. That you have need of in your body or in your, in your life. The first results would be salvation. Eternal life. Let's go back to Matthew. The first results would be eternal life. And then physical healing. I want you to see this clearly. Because not only does it say it throughout all the Bible. But he's saying it in this parable. First, if you get that light, you'll be saved Secondly, you'll be healed. Let's read verses 13 through 15. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. Seeing and hearing can be two ways. You can see with your physical eye, you can see with your spiritual eye. You can hear with your physical ear. You can hear with your spiritual ear. He's saying if you see with your physical eye and hear with your physical ear, you'll not understand in your spiritual heart. In order to understand in your heart, you've got to see with your spiritual eye and you've got to hear with your spiritual ear. Look at the next verse. 
And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, say, which saith, By hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest any time they should. Now here, here's the concept. Listen, here's what happens. Here's what happens when you see and hear properly. Lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their what? The light has got to shine into your heart. It said back there in 2 Corinthians 4, it says it's got to shine into your hearts. Not your heads. Not just your bodies. Not just your mind. But into your heart. The avenues, the doors to the heart are the eyes and the ears. Let's go on and see what happens. If you understand with your heart and should be converted, born again, and I should what? I should what? I should heal them. If you'll get this knowledge of the operation of the kingdom of God in your heart, how? By seeing with spiritual eyes, by hearing with spiritual ears, will cause you to understand in your spiritual heart, your spirit man, you'll be converted and you'll be healed. You'll be saved and you'll be healed. He never takes away the two. Everywhere I see Jesus talking about it, He talks about both. You'll be saved and you'll be healed. Now, how do you know it's the eye and the ear that causes us to understand in the heart? Go to, um, let's go to 1 Corinthians. First chapter. Second chapter. First Corinthians, second chapter. I've heard ministers quote this time and time and time again, but take the entire thing out of context. To use it to destroy the faith of God in the heart of man. And it's ridiculous. I don't know where they've come from. I don't know what they're teaching. I don't know what they've learned. Now I understand. I, when I first understood how some people would come up to me and say, what school did you go to? And I would tell them, you know, what school I went to. And uh, they tell me I went to uh, not a seminary, but a cemetery. Not me, them. They said, where did you learn all that? I said, I went to school. Plus the Holy Spirit. What did you learn in them four years? God don't heal everybody. That's what they learned. They hear, what did they, else did they learn? Well, God's not going to provide all your need. What else did they hear? If it's God's will to do this or that, then He'll do it. If it's not, then He won't. What else did you learn there? Nothing that was revelation knowledge. They learned how to believe that God couldn't do it for you. That's what they learned. Or wouldn't do it for you unless He wanted to. And God is so sovereign, He'll do anything He wants anytime He wants. That's what they've learned. But that's not the truth. He's revealing to us the operation of the Word. And He's going to show you that if you'll grab a hold of this, your life will change. Let's go here to 1 Corinthians 2nd chapter. Let's read verse 9. This is what they learned. But as it is written... I have not seen, if you see with your eye, neither has ear heard, if you hear with your ear, neither has entered into the heart of man. Seeing they see not, hearing they hear not, neither do they understand in their heart. I hath not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God prepared for those that love him, but verse ten. But what? But what? But God hath revealed them unto us by his wait a minute, let's stop just for a minute now. If their eyes did not see and their ears did not hear, why are these people going back to the Old Testament trying to prove the characteristics of God, trying to show that they have so much knowledge about God, when the Scripture is clearly saying their eyes haven't seen? You remember what Jesus said back there in Matthew? He said, the prophets, they wanted to see what you see. 
He said, these, these righteous men wanted to hear what you hear, but they didn't see it, neither did they hear it. But blessed are your eyes, he said, for they see. He said, and blessed are your ears. And if you will hear and understand the operation of this kingdom in your heart, your eyes have seen and your ears have heard things that has never been revealed to man. Look at that verse again, verse 10. But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. The Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the what? Jesus said a man that's going to prosper is going to dig deep. When he digs deep into the Word, it's going to get deep into your spirit. And when you dig deep and get the love of God deep into your heart and know, yea, the deep things of God, that's what He's revealing to us. You're going to understand your father far greater. These men didn't have a revelation of the father heart of God. I can show that to you. We're going to see that here in a minute. Let's, let's, let's go over to Ephesians. Dear Lord, we want to get through some of this anyhow. Ephesians. It may take a month to teach this parable. Maybe longer. But that's all right. I'm not going anywhere. Are you? God hath revealed them unto who? The Old Testament saints or the new? Us. By His what? By His Spirit. And the Spirit searcheth the deep things of God. That's why you see so many shallow Christians today. I'll go off and show them the Father heart of God. Show them how God's love is so far reaching that God wants to meet every one of your needs and so on and so forth. And they go back to an Old Testament scripture and they open up their book to the book of Isaiah somewhere back there and they start saying, see, this is God. Put on that real deep voice. God hath given and the Lord taketh away. I said, you don't even know the guy. That's right. You don't know him. How can you know them? And if you got kids out there, you ever hear your kids talk about you? Did you? Well, you just listen to your kids. Well, my daddy's a preacher. And if I ask him for a dress, he'll give it to me. You watch and see. Come on. Come on. I'll tell him to go buy me a candy bar down at the store. You watch. He'll do it. You watch and see. You ever hear your kids, kids talk about your parents? Yeah. That's right. Why? Now, you, you, you see your friend might come up and say, Well, now, you know, your, you know, your father wouldn't do some of that for you. Your fa- I could walk up to my daddy and ask him for a dollar and he'll give it to me. And a little girl say, No, he wouldn't do that. Said, so you watch and see. Come on. Walk right back there and I'll say, Hey, daddy, give me a dollar. I'll say, Here, honey. And then big eyes. <laughs> Does my daughter know me? Does she? Sure she knows me. If she asked me for bread, would I give her bread? You better believe I'd give her bread. I'd probably make her two loaves. If I knew how to bake, she wouldn't eat it if I didn't. (laughs) But does she know me? Sure she knows me. She knows my heart. Now, you can't tell somebody that knows the Father that He doesn't want to heal you. Now, you may not know Him and say that. But if you knew the Father, dear Lord, dear Lord, how have they missed the love of God? How have they missed who their father really is. To say that your father wouldn't do it is because they don't know their father. I'm gonna, I want you, if you've never done it, start right now. Start saying this. He's not God to me. He's father. He's father. Father. He's our father. And I can just see it. We can walk right on up to that throne room. Just, my little girl beats that door down sometimes. She just, just walks right into that office and just throws the door right on open. Walks right on in and just jumps on my lap. Oh, we got a, we've got access. And we're going to see that here. We've got access to walk into the throne room of God and find grace and mercy in the time of need. All I've got to do is walk into my daddy's throne, just jump on his lap and say, Abba, Father. He says, what do you want? Loaf of bread? Fish? What do you want? Healing? Nothing. That's the Father. But they don't know him as Father. If God wants to do it, He will. If He doesn't, He won't. You don't know Him. You've got to know Him. Listen, Paul said over here in the third chapter of the book of Ephesians, and I've got to get to it, and this is why they don't know the Father. They go way back to the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, and they forget the whole new covenant, the whole new testament. Whatever happened, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. That's in the New Testament. Whatever happened, whatsoever you ask in my name, I'll do it. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. 
If you being evil, me being natural, can give good gifts to your children, how much more shall my father give me good gifts? How much more? I can't fathom the depths of that love with my mind, but in my heart I could grab a hold of it. I'd give my child anything if I had it. Let's put it this way. If you had it to give, you'd give it to your children. Well, do you think the father up there is in bankruptcy? He has it to give. Is he a father? You better believe he is. Paul said over here, we, we, we're tying this together with 1 Corinthians 2. 10 says that he has revealed them to us by his spirit. Now listen. For this cause I call the prisoner of Jesus Christ, verse 1, for you Gentiles. If you heard. Huh? If you have what? They never heard it. Eyes have not seen and their ears haven't heard. What haven't they heard? The love of God. The Father heart of God. If you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given to me, to you, word. How that by what? He revealed them unto us by His Spirit. How that by revelation He made known unto me the what? The secret knowledge of the operation of the kingdom of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Okay? As I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read, you may what? Seeing they see not. Don't understand. Okay? That you may understand my what? Knowledge in the mystery or the secret knowledge of Christ. Which in other ages was, you've got to say it together with me, was what? Not made known. I didn't, now don't go off here. You know, Jesus said, here, take heed as to what you hear and as to how you hear. Don't go off and say that, that Brother Bill said, don't study your Old Testament anymore. I didn't say that. I said, don't study the new in the light of the old, but study the old in the light of the new. Because the new gives you the revelation knowledge that was not made known in the past ages. Isn't that what it says? Look at it. It wasn't made known. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles by the, and the prophets. By who? By his Spirit. I'm getting ready to shout about this dispensation right now. I'll tell you right now. This was revealed. They didn't know none of this. But yet these guys take the Old Testament books of the Bible and they try to explain why God won't heal you. They take the Old Testament books of the Bible and try to say why you can't walk in, in all the victory of God. Hogwash. They don't know their father. They're going through limited revelation. They're not going through the mystery made known unto us. By the Father God through Jesus Christ. Paul went on to say that the Gentiles shall be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God unto me by the effectual working of his power, unto me who am less than least of all the saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable bankruptcy of Christ. Whoa. <laughs> what does it say? The unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make... You've got to say these three words with me. How many? Seeing, you shall see. Hearing, you shall hear. And understand in your heart. To make all men see... All see what? What is the fellowship of this mystery... Which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God. It did not come before the new covenant. It's the mystery that was hidden. The operation of, listen, what mystery? You go back there and tell them men in, under the old covenant, God one day is going to come and live in you. And they'll say, you mean that God that was in the holies of holies that if we walked up to it, we'd die? Going to live in me? Isaiah would say, I'm a filthy rag. Isn't that right? Or I'm unclean. Moses would say, I can't talk. And you saying, God's going to live in me? Yeah. They wouldn't fathom that. They couldn't grab a hold of that. But God is revealing it unto us. We take it for granted that, oh, who's in you, God? 
Just the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. What kind of problems you got? Oh, many. What do you need? A little bit of help. What kind of help do you need? Well, if God helped me. Well, who's in you? God the Father, God the Son, Holy Spirit. Aren't they enough? Aren't they? Aren't they? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit's in me? In you? Well, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. What do they say? Oh, but the devil's been getting on my back and on my case. Greater is he that's in who? That's in the world, that's in you? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world? And yes, that God of glory, that God of love and goodness that revealed himself to Moses up there on that mountain is living inside of you, in me. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Stop saying that the devil's greater than God. He's in me. He's in you. He's living his life. He's made us more than conquerors because he's more than enough. He's bigger than anything that could come your way. But what is the soil of your heart saying? Is it rich? Is the word dwelling in you richly in all wisdom? If it is, then look out, Mr. Devil. Hallelujah. You might as well just get yourself to running because we're coming at you with the word of God. The sword of the Spirit. He went on to say, To the intent, verse 10, that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. What does he say we are knowing? The manifold wisdom of God. If the Word dwells in your heart of love richly, in all wisdom, whoo, glory to God, then you understand the operation of the glory of God in your heart. You, you couldn't help but to run and kick up your heels and start to shout. You couldn't do it because you'd be activating that glory in your, in your life on your behalf so strong that the devils would have to tremble. You think that's a joke? Go on back to 1 Corinthians. We'll show you. We started from verse 9. But I'm going to take my time. I'm just going to take my good old time. Is that okay? I'm going to just take up the whole chapter. We'll just go back up to chapter 2. Forget my notes for a while. And I, brethren, this is verse 1, 1 Corinthians 2, 1. When I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak of wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of the world, of this world, that come to nothing, or have been brought to not naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even hidden wisdom. You know, when I preach this faith message, I, I just get blank looks. People look at you. How do you know that works? I don't know it with my head. If I did, I'd have an easier time telling you. I know it in my heart. It's hidden knowledge. It's spiritual knowledge. He's going to go on and say, let's tie it in together. The devil doesn't have knowledge. The devil's not a smart dude. Amen. He's brought to naught. He's defeated. He's whipped. Look at this. But we speak the wisdom of God, the manifold wisdom of God in the mysteries in me. Hallelujah. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our... Woo! Hallelujah. Our glory. Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. And I has not seen and ear has not heard, and it's never entered into the heart of man up unto this point, the things that God prepared for those that love Him, but God revealed them unto you, beloved, and unto me, by His Spirit, through the, through the New Testament prophets and saints and so on and so forth, and the apostles. Verse 11, 
For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in words, which man's wisdom teacheth. That's why I don't understand it. But which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Now listen. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. He doesn't receive them. One. Neither does he know them or understand them. Right? Okay. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, it says, because they are spiritually known. Now listen. Let's tie it back into Matthew. The natural man, you try to understand that parable with your natural mind. People have been trying to do it down through the ages, but they can't do it. You know why? At the end of each parable, Matthew said, a good heart receives it when he hears the word and understands it. Right? The natural man can understand it. Mark said, he receiveth. He hears the word and receiveth the word. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. But he went on to say... We have received it into our heart. Luke said, He hears the word and keepeth the word in his heart. That's a good heart. Understanding it, receiving it, and keeping it. The natural man doesn't understand it. The natural man doesn't receive it. And the natural man doesn't keep it. He can't do it. He doesn't understand it. His eyes do not see. His ears do not hear. Because there is a cloud of darkness that's stopping the light of the glory of God from shining into their hearts. If they knew it, it they'd burst. They'd burst. That's what happened to you when you got born again. The light of God came into your spirit. Look what he's saying here. He can't do it. Let's read that last verse again. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually known spiritually understood. They do not know them. They do not understand them. And I'm sad to say, beloved saints, that most Christians do not know and do not understand or have not received the operation of the mystery of the Word of God inside the heart of the believer because it goes beyond their fine senses. And when you preach faith from the heart, they go, I'll give you one example. When I hear people walk off from a meeting after I've preached and they say this. Remember what Jesus said. Take heed as to what you hear. Take heed as to how you hear. Okay. They'll walk off and they'll say, well, what did he preach on? And they'll say, well, he preached and said, God will heal you all the time. Well, that's good. How? Is the next question. Well, that's what they heard, right? That God's will is to heal or deliver or say, whatever it is. I'm just using his healing as an example. God's will is to heal you all the time. Well, how? Here's what they say. Oh, he just said, just say you're not sick. And they walk off the door. Go home. Take the insulin off the child. You're not sick. And he dies. What did you hear and how did you hear it? You did not hear with your spiritual ears. You didn't take heed as to what you heard or how you heard it. Remember when, and we're, we're going to get, pick this up tonight. Remember when Jesus stood before his disciples, listen, disciples, and he said, I'm the bread of life. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life. Do you know what those disciples answered and said? They followed him up to a point. This is a part of the people that followed it, but they had no deepness in their heart. And you know what they said? This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? That's what they said. This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Jesus said, My words are spirit. The flesh profiteth nothing. You're trying to understand it with your natural mind, with your five physical senses. My words are spirit. They are alive. You know what they said? I'm not walking with this guy anymore. He says, I've got to eat his flesh and drink his blood. What did they hear? And how did they hear it? They, if they had known he was a sacrificed lamb, he wouldn't, they wouldn't know what he was talking about. But they did not take heed as to what they heard, nor as to how they heard it. You know what Jesus said to them? Doth this offend you? 
You know what Mark 4 says? They're immediately offended. You know what happened to them? They walked not with them any longer. Peter didn't understand it. John didn't understand it. James didn't understand it. You know what Peter, John, and James said? I maybe don't understand it, but I know, I know, Lord, you've got the words of eternal life. I may not understand it today. I may not understand it tomorrow. I may not understand it next week. You may not understand divine healing. You may not understand faith. You may not understand this operation of the kingdom of God. You just keep tight. You just sit and listen. These are the words of eternal life. And if you'll sit long enough, one day, just as Peter, just as James, just as John, just as Philip, just as all the other apostles and disciples, they said, we're not leaving, Lord, Peter said. You've got the words of eternal life. We're going to listen and listen till one day we see with our spiritual eyes and hear with our spiritual ears. And on the day of Pentecost, Peter got to shout. Woo! He says, the Holy Spirit revealed all. And you know what he's probably saying? Jesus said, I'll reveal by my spirit all things that I've said unto you. Bring it all to your members. I, that, you talk about talking in tongues. They was going wild. And when Peter started to preach, he says, I know what he meant. I know what he meant. I, know what, I didn't understand it for three years, but glory be to God. You've been around for three years? I haven't been here for three years. <laughs> Hallelujah. You just stick around and just hold tight. We're not talking about one little thing getting, you're getting from God. We're talking about a lifetime. Living from now till Jesus comes in glory. Well, sure, the devil's going to try to steal it away from us, but we're, going to, we're not dumb to his tricks. And we're going to see just how he operates to steal it from you. Now, we got one sixteenth of our lesson done. But that's all right. We're going to go slow. Is that okay? I mean, as slow as we could go, we're going to go slow so you could see with your spiritual eyes and hear with your spiritual ears and be saved and healed. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.